Hey folks, it's Mark, your host on My Labor Radio. You can find us on multiple podcast platforms, and this show is now part of the laborradionetwork.org. You can discover more than just us by visiting their website. The Labor Radio Network will help you find your next new favorite union podcast or radio show. A simple network of folks from across the nation. Working people keep raising their voices more and more each day and demanding better treatment from their workplaces and their elected officials. As you know, these voices don't get heard very much on the corporate-controlled media. But the 21st century's labor movement has a new way to get its message out there. And working people don't rely on traditional media gatekeepers. It's now the internet, so you can turn off your TV to get the real news. So that gets us to that one-stop shop. Just visit laborradionetwork.org. On the main page, you'll see a grid of show logos. Just click one, and the description and links pop up right there. It's worth going to visit this ever-growing Voices of Labor resource. Join us at laborradionetwork.org. Voices Project, a podcast highlighting the real people who make up our union, the bakery, confectionery, tobacco workers, and grain millers. I'm Michelle Ellis, Director of Digital Media. I will bring the work of our union to you through monthly interviews with the BCTGM's hardworking leaders, organizers, and everyday members. This is the BCTGM Voices Project. On August 1st, following around 20 sessions of contract negotiations, 120 BCTGM members of Local 100G in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, went on strike against Ingredion Incorporated. One week into their demonstration, two members from the Union Negotiating Committee sat down to elaborate on the issues with me. Here is their story. I'm Ryan Hookey. I've been with Ingredion since 2011. I'm the financial secretary for BCTGM 100G. I'm also on the negotiating committee. My name is Chris Eby. I've been with Ingredient since 1991, and I'm a member of the current contract negotiating committee. Great. I want to start by giving a little bit of background on this story. I know that you guys had some issues in 2015 when this company was previously Penford Products. So tell us what it was like before they were bought out and, and what the work environment was then maybe compared to now. Yeah, I'll let Chris elaborate a little, a little bit more because I wasn't there real long, but felt a little more, I guess, almost family-based. They treated their people like people. Once Agredion took over with all of our problems, he's, you, you more and more just felt like you were a digit on a time clock. Prior to Ingredion, they're called Penford Products. And it was a lot easier to uh, deal with the company. You had a much better relationship. And a lot of that had to do with that uh, all their management there locally had the power to actually negotiate with you or to settle issues instead of somebody in a suit coming from somewhere else. In fact, Penford Products' own president of the company had his office in the building there. So that made it a lot more conducive to getting things done and respecting each other. 
It's funny. We've heard this multiple times where in the past you, you have access to the people who quote unquote manage you or, you know, or run things around there where it seems to be getting more and more like there's always just a middleman who can't answer the questions or takes forever and then kind of tells you your SOL. So you guys have been in negotiations for how long on this contract? Uh, we've negotiated, I think, a total of 20 days. So okay. 20 sessions. Okay. So I do have a list of strike issues. We've got the outsourcing of the bargaining unit jobs. What does that mean? Every union, when they get uh, you know chartered or certified with the NLRB, call a recognition clause, and it's the work that, that the union would represent. And in that, our recognition clause, it has quality lab technicians. And the company at this point in time is uh, wanting to take that away you know, refusing to put that back into their offer. So currently that's five jobs. It varies based on the production, but that's, that, that is our work. And, and that's something they just want to take away and say, Hey, no, that's something the management's going to do. Okay. Um, and then we've got diminished seniority rights. The diminished seniority that's related to on their companies trying to create positions that are already exist now that uh, would go by who they want to pick and choose instead of by seniority. The elimination of guaranteed days off. So there's been a big push in their proposals for schedule changes. They keep promoting the fact that it's up to the union, but yet when we try to make proposals on how to make these changes happen within our contract, it's met with pretty stiff resistance. They wanna make it pretty easy for a small group of people to make a big change in our plant, which would result being forced to work scheduled days off. Right now we have a set schedule on a like a four shift rotation. So when you have your day off, it's your day off. You know, you, the plant can't call you to come in and work. You know, they can get you for overtime on the ends on that. But when you have a four day weekend, they you, know, you can't be bothered. Or as some of their proposed schedules, they can call you to make you work on some of those days. So taking away your days off. So they promote more days off, but those days off that you have, they're going to make you work more. To elaborate a little bit further, because what Ryan's pointing to is that uh, you no longer have guaranteed days off. The other thing is that they are introducing 12-hour uh, shift schedules. However, to avoid exhaustion, uh, they'll not make you work more than 10, 12-hour days in a row. Um, okay. And then we have a wage scale that will move many members' wages backwards. So we have currently have a two-tiered pay scale which to be pretty familiar with a lot of people, a lot of facilities have had it, but they're recognizing that it's getting tougher and tougher to hire people in it's where we're at right now. Not a lot of, I don't think we're the only facility around in our area that has a two-tiered wage scale. What they proposed to do was to move these people up, whereas some of them are already making a tier one pay in a certain job, and they want to knock down those guys back to tier two and then have them come back over time. Uh, another prong of this situation is we have people making uh, a certain base wage, which we all make in the plant on our tier one. And they did their market analysis and decided that those jobs should make less money. So people coming in will actually, on their proposal, would make less money. The people currently making that wage would essentially see a pay freeze with no wage increases for anywhere between two and four years on our contract. And, you know, with inflation being at, you know, between what, eight, nine percent, not giving people a pay raise for four years, you know, we feel is unacceptable. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you guys, uh, from what I've been reading and kind of catching up on it, you work with chemicals in that plant? Yes. Um, yeah. So there, there must be a pretty steep learning curve just in terms of training and, you know, regarding union workers working those jobs who are properly trained and understand the safety issues involved and have a union steward versus, you know, these replacement workers who come in. Are you guys concerned about that right now? It's just them doing the job. and Absolutely. You know, it's a starch plant and, you know, starch plants, if uh, there's too much dust, they're easy to explode. And right here at our own plant back in, I believe it was 1912, uh, they had a major explosion and uh, bricks from it were received 30 miles away from the plant. Wow. As, as you've uh, questioned, you know, we have chemicals down there and some of them that uh, could be pretty devastating to our community. And what you have right now in there is replacement workers. And of course, we know they're going to be lax. We've already seen it. We're not allowed us, the union workers, smoke in the plant, but we've observed placement workers smoking in the plant. Wow. You take rail cars and unloading rail cars. We're not supposed to be uh, riding on the rail cars while they're moving. And we've observed replacement workers riding on the rail cars. So that makes you question, what are they doing with the chemicals? Yeah. Um, can I clarify with you guys? You, you said you produce starches in there. I've heard adhesives. These things go into mostly paper products in that facility. Correct. Um, can you just tell everybody and like any identifying labels or brands that that what you're doing there it goes into? To see what happens, we process corn, and then the starches. Well, there's things that go also like cattle feed and stuff, the byproducts. But there's starches that goes in the papers, textiles, ceiling tiles, adhesive glues, um, paper corrugators for cardboard boxes. One of our biggest customers is a cardboard maker for Amazon. Georgia Pacific, you know, paper. So a lot of paper products, just industrial products, food service products, you know, paper cups, paper plates, you know, different things that we manufacture. Coatings for foods like yeah. French fries and stuff. Okay. They, they shift it around. So, you know, as far as yeah. what exactly the product goes in, but. Yeah, I actually, I saw that in 2015, you, you were an ethanol plant too, but that's not any longer. Correct. They, uh, they shut down the ethanol portion of the plant uh, last year. Okay, well, can you tell me a little bit about how it's going out on the strike line? Everyone's hanging in there. Is it stressful? Is it upbeat? I think right now, I mean, our people feel pretty strong out there. It's pretty upbeat. You know, they're pretty passionate about what's going on. They're not happy. You know, we're, we got a lot of good community support. We've had a lot of other unions from the area. You know, and community members stopping out and giving support and morally, financially, just where we need them. So it's it's been an excellent showing for our members and just the community at large, you know, right. getting behind us. You know, it's interesting going back to the, the contract dispute that you all had in 2015. We had a staff member here at our international who doesn't work here anymore, but he was on the Rick Smith show podcast talking then about how workers don't really go on strike anymore. This was the climate in 2015, you know, because you have people across. And I had to laugh because that is not the case in 2022. It really feels like this is a great time for you guys to get this done properly this time. Yeah, I guess going into negotiations, you're kind of in the middle, you're not sure what's going to happen. But in the end, it almost feels like if you want something out of your contract or you want to 
get something out of your employer, you almost have to. I mean, we're not alone. Multiple employers all around us. You guys are familiar with DCTGM. It feels like everybody's going out on strike right now. And I would say, too, you know, being in 2015 and the way the company came in, it's uh, very similar this time, except for with a smile on their face. What's happening is uh, we filed labor charges back with 2015, and they were fall. Uh, found guilty of violating multiple charges. However, they drug it through the entire system. So it wasn't until just last year in 2021 that they had to stand out in the parking lot, read to all their employees they violated the law, that they put the postings up in the plant, they violated the law, and they did a $600,000 settlement. And here we are a year later, and with some of the things that the companies do, including the recognition clause, they're back to violating the law again. Well, you mentioned that you've had a lot of support out there. I have seen pictures. There's been a couple of state representatives that have stopped out there. Do you have names? So we had Deidre Dejir. She's running for governor. Admiral Mike Franken, he's running for Senate. He had stopped out in multiple local and county. Liz, uh, Liz Mathis. Liz Mathis. Running for okay. U.S. House. Todd Taylor, who is a local state senator. Just so many, you know. We also have the Hawkeye Area Labor Council. And then uh, local Teamsters 238. That's just been great for us, you know. Mm-hmm. And then as a business, there's a there's a very nice uh, restaurant right across from, from our plant called Lasitas Diners. And they've been amazing. You know, they are, allow us to use their parking lot, you know, for putting stuff up for our members, you know, allowing the members to uh, come in and use the restroom and things like that. Just been amazing. Awesome. That's great. Well, I know that also our BCTGM local unions have shown up mostly on social media. We had um, extensive discussion at our convention, which many of us just returned from last week, about all the strikes and what it really means to have the solidarity of the other locals behind you. And, you know, I know that you guys have a Facebook group um, where they're kind of showing up and, and posting in there. We made a video at the convention for you guys. So I, you've got a lot of support. How many of, how many workers is this? 120? I think we are, our head council, 123, but I think we currently have like 117 members right now. Some got are, it. Because we have few non-probationaries and stuff. So yeah, okay. 117 members. Yeah. So, I mean, in the grand scheme, this isn't a huge group of workers and, and the products that you make aren't, aren't hugely recognizable, but I know that our members and all all across the country have been making an effort to make sure that you know that you're not alone. Yeah, so we've had local, uh, I believe, local one, we've had representatives out, local 20, oh, local 22 from Minneapolis has come down. 10G. Uh, 10G from right here in town has come out and shown support. And even our sister plan in Kansas City, they're having people come up and I'm not sure about okay. Indianapolis, Chicago, but yes, people from all over are coming out and get behind us. It's been, it's been excellent. That's great. Well, for anyone going forward who wishes to come see you guys, is there anything like, I know it is so hot out there. Is there anything that you need? I mean, it's August in Iowa. So water is always appreciative. So yeah, water out there. Shade. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. If you can bring some cool weather with you, we'd really appreciate it. But no, you know, it is hot, you know, I mean, and every little thing, if you don't think about it helps, you know, whether it's some water misters or just, you know, contributing to the 
GoFundMe page or just driving by and honking, you know, yeah. it, it all helps with morale and everything else. Say so we've had a yeah. couple of uh, plants here in town. We have Quaker Oats and General Mills here in Cedar Rapids. So they've, you know, breakfast stuff, snacks and cereal has been awesome. You know, with stuff Great. they've donated. Great. Really good. All right. Well, in addition to that, since I am the digital media person here, uh, we've got uh, the Facebook group that you have is called. I believe it's called BCTGM 100G on strike. There's also an all-inclusive blog post on, on the bctgm.org website. The quickest way to get to that is uh, type into your browser bit, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash ingredient strike. And there's four different ways to support the workers on there. The address where they're picketing is there. The link to the GoFundMe is there. And also an email address where you can send letters of support to these guys. Anything that people could share on social media to make sure that we get the word out there. Um, how, how are you guys feeling about uh, coming up with a deal here pretty soon? Time will tell. So we have a meeting this week. So I guess we'll have to see what their response is to us. It's going to be up to the members in the end, I guess. Well, is there anything else you want to get in before we end it here? No, I just, you know, I mean, we're, our members are solid. They're angry with the company. I've never seen a, uh, a contract vote in 31 years that gets rejected by 100%. So and they unanimously voted down. That's amazing. We were in a halfway through reading through our contract. We have members shouting out, let's vote on it now. We're not going to take it. Wow. Pretty emphatic that they would have nothing to do with what they had in front of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? We'll be behind you until you can agree to it. And I thank you guys for taking time to uh, do this with me today. Oh, we appreciate, appreciate everything that so you guys much. have done for us. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. I'm going to end it here then. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank Bye. you. Bye, guys. If you found this content valuable, please consider sharing it on your own social media pages and be sure to tag us. We are BCTGM on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more on the activities of the BCTGM, go to bctgm.org.